Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come before you. We ask that you just give us guidance and leading as we look at these scriptures and, and see what you would have us to, to see from them. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Leviticus chapter 15. Now, last week we talked about the cleansing of leprosy and, and the mold and mildews in houses. Today we're going to come across something that's a little more interesting. Uh, this chapter 15 is broken up into four distinct parts. Uh, the first 15 verses are on sexual diseases. Verses 16 and 18 are on married married. Uh, sexual activity, 19 and 24 are on menstruation, <laughs> and 35, uh, 25 through 30 is again on sexual or reproductive diseases. So this is an interesting chapter. I, mean, I, I thought this was like, wow. <laughs> but you know, the thing about this is, is how interesting is that God cares about all aspects of our life accurately displayed and what to do and and when you read this you start seeing exactly what we do today with infectious diseases as you read through this you're going to see we do what the bible tells them to do when we handle infectious diseases this is like a medical book it, well it's got you spots know, where medical I mean, and how to handle things the bible is very descriptive i guess is a good word or or complete in how to deal with things it doesn't shy away from places and there are pastors who would just say 15 no we're not going to cover it it's too too personal but God has reasons for all of this and we want to look at this so let's read 15 starting at verse 1 then the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron saying speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them when any man has a running issue out of his flesh because of his because of his issue he is unclean and this shall be his uncleanness in his issue, whether his flesh run with the issue or his flesh be stopped from the issue, it is his uncleanness. Every bed whereon he lies shall, that hath the issue is unclean, and everything whereupon he sits shall be unclean. And whosoever touches the bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. He that sits on anything wherein he sat that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and he is unclean until the evening. And he that touches the flesh of him that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. He that hath the issue, and if he that hath the issue spit upon him that is clean, then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until evening. And what saddle whatsoever he rides upon, he that hath the issue shall be unclean. And whosoever touches anything that was under him that shall be unclean until the evening. And he that beareth any of those things shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whomsoever he touches that hath the issue and hath not rinsed his hands in water, he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until evening. And the vessel of earth that he touched, which he hath the issue, shall be broken, and every vessel of wood shall be rinsed in water. And when he that hath the issue is cleansed of his issue, then he shall number himself seven days for his cleansing, and wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in, in running water, and shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take to him two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, and come before the Lord unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and give them unto the priest. And the priest shall offer them, the one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord for his issue. 
So let's look at this first little section. Um, speak unto the, in verse 2, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When a man has a running issue out of his flesh because of his issue, he shall be unclean. And this kind of sounds very funny, but it is literally talking about sexual diseases. Uh, and I even did the research on this to see, and one of the things about sexual diseases is running sores, uh, infectious sores on almost every one of them. And so this is what they are talking about. And, and a particular thing on this one, when it says flesh, it is very specific what part of the flesh they are talking about, which we won't necessarily discuss at this point, but you know what we're talking about on this. That's what they're talking about. And, and you think about this, this is when it talks about the running sores and everything, it is talking about genitalia urinary issues. And so we're able to see that he's talking about sexually transmitted diseases, we would say today. And they were to be isolated and set aside and be unclean. And, and God is really looking into this and because when the children of Israel come into the land of Canaan, the land of Canaan was so wicked that they did not even have names for all the sexual deviancy that went on because they did not see it as deviancy. And then we're talking homosexuality, bestiality, pedophilia, uh, all the different things that go on in the sexual deviancy. And in Canaan, they were normal. That is how wicked that, that land had become and they had been taught, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob all were there and were able to share to them, you know, God, God, and they rejected God's standard of doing things. And we're so bad that God says, okay, when you go in, you kill every one of them because I don't want their diseases to be in there. And you'll see him say that in, in Deuteronomy. I don't want their diseases transmitted to you because, and you were to destroy them including animals, because bestiality was part of their practices, because of bestiality as well. And many of our sexually transmitted diseases come, are tracked back to bestiality, and then transferred into the general population. But God's punishment for Canaan was, because they were so wicked, was to destroy everything. And that's why they were to destroy everything. The land had been polluted. The animals had been polluted. Everything that was domestic had been polluted. And as you know, they can be transmitted just by being sat on the same area. So we're looking at this. And it says, And this shall be his uncleanness of his issue, whether his flesh runs with the issue, or his flesh is stopped up from the issue of his uncleanness, whether he's, whether he's dripping or not. <laughs> he's got the disease. Uh, and, it, and, the, and, and on this, he's very specifically, this, the issue in verse 2 is literally because his semen is unclean. So it's very specific in that word. And they were being nice and kind on that when they said issue. And, but his uncleanness will be there. And yes. it says, huh? Mine says discharge. Discharge? Discharge. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. Same Marks thing because that's really what that's really what it is. And it's you know the newer the new languages the new language Bibles are a little more graphic graphic about it. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the King James, it's a little more hidden. If you don't understand the language, it is a little more hidden on exactly what they're talking about, unless you've studied it often enough well, to know. About leprosy, you know. Yeah, we're not talking about leprosy anymore. Just about as bad. 
Verse 4, every bed wherein he lays that has the issue is unclean, and everything whereon he sits shall be unclean. Because these diseases are transmittable. I mean, they are sexually transmitted, but if you happen to get <laughs> into the same place that they have discharged, you could technically get them. Uh, it's harder, but it can happen. Uh, it's just like with with AIDS, you know, AIDS is sexually transmitted, but if you happen to get in contact with their blood and happen to get it internally, you can get AIDS through through that particular matter. Well, just about any transmittable disease, if it gets on you in a, in a liquid form, it can get into your body, which is very specific because you don't really think of that, but it can happen. The body is pretty amazing when they, when the, when the surgeons or doctors get into it, uh, my half-brother split his head right between the eyes when he was learning to walk. And uh, I was in there helping to hold him because my stepmom couldn't be in there with him. And I thought it was fascinating, but every time they stuck, a, stuck the, the suture needle in one side out would squirt blood, they come out the other side and out would squirt blood. And, you know, but that's how sensitive the body really is. The body will respond quickly, especially when it's a sore area that's rushing blood to in the first place. Lots of bloods there, and, and every once in a while, if you watch medical shows, you'll see them, you know, the, you'll see the spurt of blood, and that's a real act thing that happens. And that, you're right, that's part of the reason masks and, and, and everything are put on there and, and goggles and stuff, because they don't want that blood getting into their system, especially infected blood. And it says, Whosoever shall touch his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until evening. And this idea of in water, remember we're always talking about in water. God wants in water, the flowing water that to, to, to wash in. And it refers to, for us, his spiritual side, the word of God. We are washing in the word of God all the time. And we are infected by, by sin all the time. And so we see this, this idea of in water, God's word, important for us. Verse 6, he that sits on anything wherein he sat and hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until evening. So we're seeing a lot of sanitary, sanitary things. And if you think about what happens in hospitals, if somebody has an infectious disease, if you go to visit them, huh? They're put in solitary. They're put in solitary. The doctors and nurses and visitors, if, you, if they really are super infectious, you will, that's where you see these... Yellow, yellow outfits that you're supposed to put on and you glove up and you cover your feet and you wash your hands and you put the mask on and you go in and, and so that you don't get infected. It's close to it. Yeah, and you're not to touch them. You're, you're to keep, you keep yourself separate from them. It's for your protection if they're, if they're infectious or if their immune system is weak, then you'll do the same thing. But it's for their protection, not yours. It's called quarantine. Quarantine. Uh, this yeah. isn't total quarantine. Quarantine is when they go, they're not even allowed to have a visitor. Yeah. But infectious control is when they allow you to go in, but you have to... You gear it up. You, yeah. you gear up or gown, gown up and you, put, you wash your hands and you may have to put gloves on and you put a mask on. And, uh, so there's a lot that's involved in it. And these are the processes that they're talking about. And then you take these things off and they're all disposable at the hospital. But in the old days, you would take them off, you'd put them into a special bag. In the old days, it was a special bag you put them in. It was usually red. And it was an infectious control bag. And it would be washed separately. And 
and checked through, checked for anything that might have made it through the wash and, and before they were put back onto, into circulation, now it's all throwaway. But it's still usually put into a red bag that's hazardous waste. Um, so though they still do these, the things that God told his people to do thousands of years ago before they even knew about any of this transmitted diseases, God's telling his people, these are the precautions that you are to do. You're going to wash your clothes. You're going to wash and bathe yourself. And then you're not going to touch anybody for, for the rest of the day because you aren't going to pass it on. You want it to die off anything that might die off. Right. This is just touching them and helping them out, not laying down with them. Because you're right. If you, do, if you were to lay down with them, these people were basically supposed to be set aside. They weren't kicked out of the camp, but they also weren't allowed to be intimate with anybody else. And, it, and that is what happened. And then penicillin came along and was able to originally be able to start helping. And then the disease muta mutated or only ones that survived was the ones that were re resistant to you know, penicillin. And, and now they're stronger and they need stronger medications and they need stronger medications. And it'll eventually get to the place where we can't control disease. It's so. amazing though, who, how many people that were married, he was virgin, she was virgin. And they've been married for 50 or so years. How rare they find any of those couples that have had any venereal disease. Well, it would be extremely rare since it's transmitted through sexually transmitted disease. So if you are, see, and this is, this is the thing about it. I have said it over and over. We could end all sexually transmitted diseases real quick within a generation. Follow God's rules for sex. If you only have sex with one person for your entire life, you will never have to worry, and they follow the same rule, you will never have to worry about a sexually transmitted disease. You know, and, it's, and that is the way it is. If, if the problem is that we've gotten away from God's laws, and the more we get away from God's laws, the more they spread, and to the point now where, I can't remember how large, but the majority of our population is said to have sexually transmitted disease because that many people are sexually active. And it's a scary number. Yeah, plus all new, new diseases. So, but the key is, if we do things God's way, we don't have to worry about it. Uh, Bert and I are safe, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're in that club, too. You As long as you're not... And the new, and the new <laughs> definition of being, being monogamous is one person at a time. Because God's definition is you got married and you stayed together for the rest of your life. And that's not how they're defining it anymore. I'm, as long whatever time I want to stay along with that one person, I'm monogamous. And that's the world's definition now. So, I mean, you follow God's rules and you're going to be okay. You know, and this is why the only true safe sex is no sex until you're married and then sex with only your spouse. So, verse 11, And he that touched the flesh of him that hath the issue shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until evening. And, he, and if he that hath the issue spit on him that is clean, then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until evening. And, as, and he said, this is one that is kind of amazing that was put into the Bible because it's something we have just recently learned that spittle and carries that kind of that, the infections. You know, and it's relatively new. It's not something that you would have expected well, your <laughs> to be are none. Well, anything. Your tonsils it's, have everything that's in wrong yeah. with your body is contaminated into your yeah, mouth. Is very yeah. 
and then and the saddle and anything that he rides on is will be unclean and whosoever touches anything that was under him shall be unclean until the evening and he shall wash in water and be unclean until the evening he that and whomsoever he touches that has the issue and has not rinsed his hands in water he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean till evening so this is the idea that that touch can be infected as well because they've got the issue they could be touching anything on their body and and get infected and so this again shows us hand washing god understood hand washing but running water not the not, not a pitcher huh they have water bottles did they have waterfalls without the cold running water? No, but you, you, but you, Sorry. one thing you want to understand, the idea of having a bladder of water above you and draining water down was been around forever. You had running water, running living water. water. Well, but, but he's told them to have it. So the, the, the thing is, is what you said in the beginning, if we would just learn to listen to the Lord God who loves us more than anything or anybody, what a different life we have. If we, if we truly obeyed God, and this is where our worldview is so important, do we have a biblical, godly worldview on all things? Now, most of us, I would say all of us, do not have a godly worldview on everything. Okay. Some have some have a more godly view than than others because of how long they've spent in God's word trying to apply God's word. And somebody newly saved or just getting into God's word is going to have a lot to work out of their mind. Yes. And it takes time. But but a godly world view is something we're going to we spend our entire life developing. The more we spend in God's Word, the more we spend listening to God's Word being taught, the more we read it and study it, the more of a worldview, as long as we want to apply it. I mean, you could study this all day and say, yeah, I'm hearing all this stuff, I'm learning all this stuff, and never want to apply it, and you're going to be hurting. But it's so important because let's take something like borrowing money. The Bible is very clear that we should not borrow money. Very clear. It's bad stewardship. It's presuming upon the future. All these things about it. What's the world tell us about it? Do you want it? Go get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Keep your percentage as low as you can, but go get it. The credit card is not a problem if you pay it off and not and not, and not borrow against it. It's not a problem. But you, that is just one example of a Christian worldview as opposed to a the worldview of the world. You know, and then you get to things like we were talking about. Monogamy, God's definition, and the world's definition is totally different What's definition. God's definition. Get married and have one person for the rest of your life. But then, like Naomi, if he passes. Well, if they pass away, that's fine. I mean, yeah, one person for the rest of their life. Yeah, in Naomi's case, Naomi was too old to bear children. Was that God's teachings or her own? theory that she shouldn't get married again. That would have been her, her desire. She did not desire to get married no. again, and there was no sense because she couldn't have any kids, so why no, get married? Because so I never had any kids. And so, I didn't but, I would, but, years, I <laughs> but we look at this as, you know, God's definition of truthfulness. We talked about that a couple, about a month ago. God's definition of truthfulness is that you tell the truth and the whole truth. If you hold something back, you've lied. What's the world's definition? 
you know, the world's definition of truthful is say whatever you want as long as you don't actually lie, but don't necessarily tell the whole, the whole truth. Oh, no. And if you go to court, if you go to court, your lawyers will tell you to answer just what you're asked and nothing more. Okay, even though you're promising, I, 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 affirm, let's see, I, I affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth is the current, the current one. So you're really lying when you put your hand and when you affirm to tell the truth because you're going to follow your lawyer's advice who said, say nothing more than you're asked, so you're not telling the whole truth. But by the world's definition, you're telling the truth as long as you don't actually break the truth and, and lie, you're... Their definition is you've told the truth, but that's not God's definition of truth. So you see, this is where it comes into key. How easy is it for us to buy into the world's lies as opposed to God's truth? Especially if we don't spend all our time in God's word, and I know that nobody's going to spend all their time in God's word. We're going to watch movies. We're going to watch plays. We're going to listen to music that's not, 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 not uh, totally scriptural. Even if you listen to Christian music, you're oftentimes listening to music that's not completely scriptural and biblical because there's lots of Christian songs out there that give the world's view on a lot of things. So this is why we have to be careful and watch what our worldview allows because God has answers. And it's hard sometimes to follow those answers. But I still say that Christian music it's so much better than... Oh, believe, believe me, I'm not putting it down in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But I'm just saying, even with Christian yeah. music, we have to be aware of what we're... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the other day, I was listening to a pastor that I dearly love and like, and for the first time ever in two years, I heard him say something that I disagreed with. You know, and it shocked me, because I'm so used to listen, yeah. listening to him without a real critical listen, and then all of a sudden, I heard him say something, and I'm going... He didn't just say that, did he? And I replayed it on because I was listening to it on the computer, and I replayed it. And I'm going, he did say that, <laughs> you know. So even when it's a trusted teacher, you've got to be careful because they can still get off and say something that is not completely biblical. I could do it without meaning to, with without a problem. I would never teach something deliberately that was untrue and unscriptural, but I have. Yeah. But I thought I was I thought it was scriptural. I thought and he's teaching me point. Prove it. Everything you're gonna teach, be able to prove it scripture by scripture or don't teach it. Mm-hmm. And you'd be amazed at the things I've learned I thought were in the Bible that were not in the Bible, they're just sayings. They're good sayings, but they're not in the Bible. Let's continue here. Where we we left off at spitting, so No, we're not that far yet. <laughs> And whosoever touches him that touches that he shall not rinse his hands in water, he shall wash his clothes and be unclean. And a vessel of earth that he touches, which hath the issue, shall be broken, and every vessel of wood shall be cleansed, uh, rinsed in water. And remember, we've talked about this before. A, a vessel of earth is clay, and clay will absorb whatever touches it. So if they touch clay or a clay pot, it was to be broken. It was to be destroyed because it totally could not be... Some wood porous too? That's... 
wood, most wood can be rinsed off, but you're right. Some, if it was a really lightweight wood, I would say that it probably had to have been burned because if it was a pine or something or a balsa, a cedar probably would, or oak would probably have been okay. Uh, but it, mostly, most wood before, if you're going to use it in a kitchen or, or in your house, has been varnished as well. Even in this day, they varnished and, and painted sealed. and lacquered and sealed it, so wood is not going to have that same effect. Uh, so, but God's still protecting his people here. If it's something that's going to absorb the disease, you destroyed it. Uh, so, in verse 13, And when he that has the issue is cleansed of his issue, he shall number unto himself seven days for his cleansing, and wash his clothes, and bathe his flesh in running water, and here specifically running water in this one, and shall be clean. And on the eighth day, okay, seven days is what? What, what is seven days? Cleansing. cleansing, but what, is, what does seven mean? Completion. Completion, perfection, completion. And on the eighth day he shall take to him two turtle doves and two young pigeons and come before the Lord unto the, the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shall give them unto the priest. Now eight, so this is, this is where eight is new beginnings. So seven days is completion and then eight would be the new start of the new, new cycle. It says, if they were cleaned. Oh. Okay. And when he that has the issue of his then, uh, and when he, he that hath the issue is cleansed of his issue, and it probably didn't happen. Okay. It's much like leprosy. Most people got leprosy, they never were cleaned. Okay. But if you were cleaned, then this is the routine that you're routine that you're going to follow. Now, for most of these things, that the the cleansing of the lepers, the cleansing of these type of issues, would have been when Jesus walked the earth and healed them, because he would tell them, "Go present yourself to the priests," because people didn't get over leprosy. You know, and in in the Bible, there's only a handful of people that got over leprosy. Uh, Naaman, uh, the the Syrian general, that got clean from leprosy. Now he wouldn't have gone to the he wouldn't have gone to the priest because he was from a different nation. And then the lepers, when Jesus would heal them. And he was in Elijah or Elijah told him to go into the river, which was running water. Jordan, the Jordan, Jordan River. What did I say? You said you said river. That's fine. I'm okay. just giving you the specific river. He was Jordan. told he was told to go into the Jordan River, and if you remember, his attitude was, "This is a filthy river. Why should I go wash myself in this river? There's plenty of clean rivers back in Nineveh." And then his servants said, "What have you got to lose?" <laughs> because if he had asked you to do something really, really brave and, and hard, you'd have gone out and done it, wouldn't you? Yeah. You kind of shamed him to, you know. But uh, and he had to go in seven times, so before he was healed. And that sounded silly. Yeah. What's that it sounded silly to him, too. Yeah, yeah. Especially on the sixth time when he wasn't healed, he goes, what, what good has this been? You know, so that seventh time was probably a hard time for him to go in. I bet he never doubted God or Elijah again. After that. So, if they were healed, then they had to wait seven days to present themselves, which is to prove that they are healed. Yeah. Okay. And on the eighth day, they were to take the two turtle doves or pigeons to the, to the temple or to the tabernacle in this case, and the priest shall offer them, one for the sin offering and one for the burnt offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord for his issue. 
And what is the sin offering? Does anybody remember what the sin offering is representing? Propitiation. What does propitiation mean? The satisfaction of the wrath. Okay. And then he offered a burnt offering. And what is the burnt offering? Offering of dedication. Full dedication. And the, and the whole bird would have been burnt up completely. Trying to get us to remember these offerings because we're gonna, you're going to keep hearing them for the rest of your time if you ever study the Bible, especially the Old Testament. The burnt offering is... Dedication. Showing dedication to God. Does that mean the feathers got burnt too? Or they got no, if you remember, they had to pluck the feathers and pull the gall out of, the, out of, the, out of it. The gall, the, the insides. Remember, when you looked at it, they, they pulled that out. They split it without, they, they would split it without completing the split so that it would be opened up. And then they would put it on the altar. Going all the way back to chapter six, 5, 6, and 7. So we talked about the how-tos of all these offerings. And you notice this was the poor person's offering that was being offered. Okay. Well, it would be by then. Probably. Well, yeah, most likely. But remember, the lepers had to find a lamb, at least one lamb, and then they could use birds for the rest of them. So even though they would have been poor as well. So. Now, that's a point. Remember, leprosy, they're kicked out of the camp. They have to live outside the camp. These people are just separated because of the, the style of the, the transmission of the disease is totally different than the lepers. The lepers, leprosy had a different uh, transmission because it's bacterial, so it could be blown in the wind. Anything else could happen. So that's why they had to yell unclean and keep people away from them, and they needed to stay away from people. This one has, is a contact disease. Okay, sexually transmitted diseases are a contact disease. Is leprosy isolated now? It used to be. Leprosy now is, is treatable. Oh, wow. It takes, it takes a year's worth of antibiotics, but it's treatable. And so it's very expensive, isolated. very hard. Oh, it's, called Hansen, it's called Hansen's disease now. Oh, I what? Hansen's no, disease. What, a leper colony? Yes. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know if we even have a leper colony in here. Because we, yeah, because for us, for America, leprosy is, is treatable. Uh, in third world countries, they still have problems with it because they can't afford the, to treat these people and, and stuff. So there's still problems, and doctors will go with the medication as much as they can to, to treat them. But it, it's a long process of of antibiotics over a long period of time and very heavy doses so it's treatable now it's not the same and so this is this is the problem we're finding in the world right now is the more antibiotics we're using the more resistant ones that live and we need stronger and if you've ever if you've gone to the doctor for anything like a strep throat anymore penicillin used to be the first thing they would give and now penicillin isn't even used because nothing gets killed by penicillin anymore They've got to use other generations of things that, you know, so because the, virus, the bugs that are out there are resistant to the certain drugs. And the biggest concern in the medical community and most people is 
creating a super virus or bug that we cannot kill because this is what God's saying here. He's trying to protect people. And now with all the medications that we're having, and we're seeing more and more of these things that are being developed. And the, this revelation talks about diseases that man cannot get rid of. And we're starting to see these diseases crop up. AIDS was the first one. We, can, we can't cure AIDS. We can put it, the symptoms under control, but we can't cure AIDS. You know, and so we're going to see diseases that we can't even control. And for a long time, we couldn't control the symptoms of AIDS. But because of what we're doing and the, and the playing around that we're doing with things, uh, we're playing around at the genetic level of animals and viruses. And, and you've got the governments trying to use viruses to be weapons. So they're trying to yeah. develop viruses that aren't controllable. And they're going to be willing to unleash them on the world. I mean, we've got a very strange phenomenon happening out there. And the governments are trying to develop bugs and, and, and diseases that will kill everybody and leave. Because ultimately, they'd like to be able to take over a place by just killing everybody and leaving the, the land clean. clean and ready to go. Uh, you want your buildings in place. I mean, it's one thing to bomb them into non-existence. Yeah. Then you have to rebuild everything. But if you can kill the people without destroying the property, then you come in after the disease is gone and you take over your place. Neutron bomb. You know, well, all the different things. But this is that's the ultimate weapon that the, the world is trying to accomplish. Uh, and we're there. I mean, God is trying to protect Satan. Stay away from these things. All right. Let's continue. Verse 16. And if any man's seed of co-population go out from him, then he shall wash his flesh in the water and be uncleaned until the evening. And every garment of every and every skin whereupon the seed of co-population shall be washed from with water and be unclean until the evening. And the woman also with whom the man shall lie with seed of co-population, they shall both bathe themselves in water and be unclean until evening. And this is just talking about regular marital uh, life. Uh, and it's, it's not saying it's any bad, but God is saying, you know, you protect yourself. All right, verse 19 through... 24. And if a woman have an issue, and her issue in her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart seven days, and, all, and whoso touches her shall be unclean until the evening. And everything that she lieth upon in her separation shall be unclean. Everything also that she sits upon shall be unclean. And whoso touches her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And whoso touches anything that she sat upon shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean. And if it be on her bed or on anything whereupon she sits, then, she, then he, and he, when he touch it, he shall be unclean until evening. And if a man lie with her at all, and her flowers be upon him, he shall be unclean seven days, and all the bed whereupon he lies shall be unclean. So this one is talking about menstruation or period. What's your bags or period? What's that? <laughs> It is a very poetic way to say her flow of blood. <laughs> very embarrassing one, I know it. <laughs> so this one is talking about when a woman goes into the period, they were considered unclean because of the blood flow and all the issues of, of blood. And again, this is because of blood. Blood is something that is very easily breeding ground for bacteria and everything. Leave blood laying around and it will breed bacteria. And so God is saying, protect it. And this, of course, is long before pads and all these things to try to protect your clothes and, 
and everything because they. Oh, I wonder how they did that. So this goes into the same set: beds, seats, saddles, uh, anything, uh, anything. The husband laying with his wife and having that, you know, whether they have sex or not, just laying there and getting getting it on him. He's he's unclean. And this, and her flowers upon him is is a very poetic way. I had to I had to look that one up myself when I was going through this. I'm going, that, what is this one talking about? Verse 25. And if a woman have an issue in her blood many days out of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of her issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation, and she shall be unclean. Every bed whereupon she lieth, all the days of her issue shall be upon. Be upon her as the bed of her separation, and whatsoever she sits upon shall be unclean as, as the uncleanness of her separation. And whosoever touches these things shall be unclean, and shall wash his clothes, and bathe himself in water, and be unclean until the evening. And if she be cleansed of her... So let's stop there for just a moment, then we're going to go into that. So this is talking about, if you remember the woman who had an issue that Jesus healed, she would spent all of her money trying to get doctors to heal it. This is some form of good some form of blood that was coming uh, and usually we see this in somebody that has either a cancer of the cervix or, or bladder they will bleed frequently or sexually transmitted diseases can cause that kind of bleeding and so this is what they're talking about that that constant or or very often flow of blood which is going to make the woman weak anyway uh, you cannot bleed all the time and and stay healthy. And so this is an issue that God says will exist and, and we're going to be protected on. And it's treated just as if she's in a period, as far as it goes, she's unclean. She's not allowed to be touching people and doing things around people. And uh, so this is, this, is the, this is that some forms of disease. She has some form of disease. I don't know about anybody, but when I mind when I want to be buried, yeah. All right. So, and then verse 28. And if she be cleansed of the issue, then she shall number herself seven days, and after that she shall be clean. And on the eighth day she shall take her two turtle doves and her two young pigeons and bring them to the priest through the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall offer one for the sin offering and one for the burnt offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for her before the Lord for the issue of her uncleanness. All right, so this is, again, she's bringing a sin offering, which is the, the offering for? Propitiation. Propitiation, which is? Propitiation is? Uh, satisfaction of wrath. Satisfaction of wrath. Yes, I wrote it down. And then she's bringing the burnt offering, which is what? Uh, yeah, the burnt offering is what? Dedication. Total dedication. Totally, All right. Totally burnt. Totally burnt. I, I'm committing my whole life to God. I'm totally dedicating myself to the point of I want my whole sacrifice, which is representing me, to be burnt. Okay. And it makes an atonement. And what is what is atonement? At one minute. At one minute. That's the simple definition. At one minute. Making us one with God. Atonement. Okay. Verse 31. Thus shall you separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness when they, when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. This is the law of him that hath the issue, and in him whose seed goes from him and is defiled wherewith. And of her that is sick of her, 
of her flowers, and of him that hath an issue, and the man, and the woman, and him that lieth with her that is unclean. So, just finished the chapter, 31 through 33. Thus shall you separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. God wanted no uncleanness before him. And this is true even of us as Christians. God does not want us to appear before him without being clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We cannot appear before God without being clothed, justified, putting on Christ. Everything that's part of the curse, Jesus took upon him on the cross. And it is a curse, isn't it, Sharon? Yes. Well, I'm, talking, I'm talking literally of all the, all the death, all the thorns, all the, all the diseases. God, Jesus took everything. Jesus took everything upon that cross that's part of the curse from the sin of Adam and Eve. And then you knew. So this is one more this is one more thing for us to think about. All these diseases that we have out there, all the man-made diseases that we have because of all the different things that we've done, Jesus took them upon the cross as well. Because he is the one. This is why we can be cleansed and be healed is because of what he did on the cross. His precious blood cleanses our dirty Covers everything. Covers everything. All sin, all diseases were covered by his blood. And you want to follow that through? Read Isaiah 53. Okay? Now, Isaiah 53, now, when you get to this one verse where it says, By his stripes we are healed. Many people want to say that that means physical healing, but when you read it in context, he's literally talking there about sin. Isaiah 53 will also talk about him taking all our diseases. And sin really is a disease as far as things go. It was put on us by the fall. Death was put on us by the fall. Our bodies were created to continually reproduce. The person you are today is not the same physical person that you were 10 years ago. Every cell in your body has been changed in that period of time. And I think it's shorter than I'm 10 years because I know that 10 years is far enough out to say that you are a totally 100% different person in a period of 10 years. Every cell in your body has been replaced. Our bodies are designed to reproduce themselves forever and yet we grow old now because of the sin. Because of sin. So, and so this this whole chapter is all about all the different things that are out there that you know most people don't want to think about. Most people don't want to ever talk about. But God says, I've got protection for you. I've got protection for you for sexually transmitted diseases. I've got protection for you for anything that might happen that is, would be unclean. And he says, these are what you've got. And he starts the chapter with disease and ends it with disease. And in well, between, he puts in proper, normal life. Well, a lot of it is common sense. Oh, to us it is. Yeah. It wasn't when he said it. Uh, because we understand a lot more of it in this day and age. I know, that's why I was amazed on how when I read all of this out. I said, wow, even back then, I mean, I was just amazed that he 
explained all of that. You know who wrote things? That you know who wrote this down for us? Moses. Hmm? Moses. Well, this Moses is from Moses. In a language we can't understand. But, yeah. But uh, it was translated and interpreted so we could have it, it under God's control by monks. Oh, monks. Yeah. And oh, they monks. put it down for us. Yeah, but they were just following what it said anyway. So really, it's Moses who put it there for us and oh, yeah. through, through God's leadership. But it shows, I mean, when we get into this, it really shows us that God was protecting his people from just about everything you can think of. And, and we're going to get into some very interesting things as we go through the book of Leviticus. God covers a lot of stuff that people do and, and the sins that can be committed and how to protect yourself from these things and if we protect ourselves and we follow God's way of doing things we protect ourselves and that's what I say like Leviticus to me is like a medical dictionary yeah. you know, because of how he all of the things I mean he's, he's protecting our bodies yeah. he's protecting our house so in one sense I understand what you say it's it is quite a medical I mean, yeah, I know what I mean, medical mentality uh, to be honest I never thought it would be in the Bible <laughs> Well, that's just it. It tells people read the whole Bible. They don't, they don't really realize. You know, and if somebody wants to really, truly understand a husband and wife relationship, they need to read the, the Song of Songs by Solomon. You know, Solomon, the Song of Songs. That's all about marital relationships. But I just say it's so, so amazing how all the topics are like now. And it was written, you know, way back. I think that is so amazing how God didn't shy away from any topic that is considered sometimes forbidden. All the crazy stuff that's spread by mosquito bites. All the mosquitoes are very hard. Makes us appreciate flies. That's a joke. I think they were now. It's like they were swimming. Well, he just right. everything on the clothes and everything. Back then, from the get-go, God said. And it's weird. Mama didn't throw the Bible at me, but she let me know that one. We're going to go ahead and pray. And Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for how much you care about us, that you were able to talk about things that were considered untalkable and that you cared enough about us to protect us from anything. And we just ask you to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen.